I am thrilled to announce that Enactor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc. All one word. That's K-I-N-D-P-H-A-R-M-S-I-N-C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today, we have amazing actress and model Lydia Hurst. You know her from Z Nation, Between Worlds, Condemned, and so many other horror genre films and, and a lot of other work. And it's so cool to talk to her about her journey from now, starting as a model until today. So here it is. Love you, Lydia. Lydia Hurst, welcome to An Actor's Spares. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on. I'm a big fan of yours and... You know, I first discovered you in that movie all at once, and then I've kind of retroactively watched you in other projects, and, you know, you're crushing it in the horror genre. You're probably the queen of it. You're taking it over, you know? <laughs> like, it's amazing. I'm so curious how all this came your way, and 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 working in that, like, I know how cumbersome that can be and, and, and how much it can take to bring truth to those characters in that kind of, like, intensive a... And graphic of a world. So I have nothing but the most respect and I'm so excited to talk to you. But before we we dig into all that, let's start at the beginning. You you grew up in the East Coast, right? I did. Yes. I grew up in Connecticut, which for I guess a lot of people don't realize that. But yeah, I had a pretty normal to a degree upbringing. Um, Grew up in a small town in Connecticut, went to local public school. But I guess obviously being on and off the set of John Waters movies wasn't yeah. your typical average childhood. But to me, that was normal. So we should mention your mother is an actress is, yeah. and she did a lot of John Waters movies. So yeah. what what was that like? Was he kind of like a artistic father to you in some ways? Yeah. Or? yeah, I always sort of thought of him as like Uncle John. You know, he was my mom's best friend. I grew up sort of on and off those sets. The first movie she did was Crybaby with him. And I was in kindergarten at the time. No so wow. it was so fantastical and amazing. And to me, that was the end all be all what I wanted to do with my life. I mean, the costumes were absolutely incredible. The music, just everything was amazing. So you remember that like kinetic experience or like, I, this, yeah. I had the same thing. Like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. And so 
what was it like, you know, cause God, kindergarten, you're what, six? Do you remember yeah, it? I well, was really young. So I was four. Wow. <laughs> and you have memories of it still? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and I'm so curious, you know, cause I I've talked to a lot of actors on the show that have parents that are in the business. Like it goes one way or the other, like you're, right. you're all for it or you hate it. So talk right, to me, right. like, how did your mother, when you started telling her you were interested, was she, was she cool with that? She and my dad were to a degree, but at the same time, they kept me away from it. They they really wanted me to focus on school. They wanted me to have a normal childhood and upbringing and sort of be out of the spotlight, which at the time, obviously, I was not stoked on that. Yeah. I wanted to work in entertainment. But now looking back on it, I genuinely appreciate and understand why they did that. So you weren't doing like the 12-year-old agent coming in no. in New York thing? No. Oh, so you had... The essential. Uh, That's amazing. And so then talk to me in school. Were you doing theater at all? You know what's weird? I I didn't. I was extremely shy. So, you know, I I was very, yeah, I I didn't do any theater when I was in school. I I did play the flute. I played the flute since I was six years old, actually. And so I was in band and orchestra, but I really didn't go out of my way to draw attention to myself to a degree, which sounds so peculiar. But at the same time, I found there's a lot of actors who, when they were in school, they were, you know, much more shy, quiet, didn't really engage in the arts. And then suddenly you hit the stage in real life and it's go time. Totally. And and when was that for you? Because I know you, you you were in the fashion world as a model for some time. Right. That's sort of how everything started. When I began working as a model, I got discovered by Stephen Mizell and photographed and put on the cover for Italian Vogue. And everything just took off overnight. My life completely changed. I spent almost a decade where I was on an airplane every couple of days, traveling, shooting yeah. editorial covers, campaigns, doing the runway shows, the full fashion circuit which was, it was really cool. I got to see so many amazing cities and places, travel the world, have all these experiences. But then I sort of, I woke up one day and I I sort of just had this epiphany where I liked what I was doing, but it wasn't my passion. And it wasn't where I had always thought I was going to be and doing what I wanted to do. So I went online, booked a plane ticket, packed up my cat and hopped on a flight to Los Angeles and kind of never looked back. No way. Yeah. I mean, t- talk to me though, like, you know, 10 years of doing that. I have a lot of friends that are in the industry. I know how intense and 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 amazing and awful at the same time it can be, right. but, it, but it's also like, you know, it's a great way to kind of discover yourself and find your voice. Do you think that was imperative for you figuring out like who Lydia was? I don't know. You know, I, I was never like, Again, even when I was working in the fashion world, I was still kind of shy and a bit of an introvert. So, you know, all these other girls were so glamorous and wearing the gowns and like, you know, I would go to the parties, but I always felt like I didn't belong. So I'd sort of like walk in, be there for about 20 minutes and then do the Irish goodbye and just sneak out. (laughs) Um, I love that. I'm a big fan of the Irish goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and also... You know, all these other girls that I knew, you know, they were legit. Like, they had the supermodel look and the supermodel energy. And if we all went to, you know, the beach together, you know, they'd be, like, topless sunbathing. And I legitimately looked like Gidget, where I'd be in, like, a one-piece swimsuit with the swim goggles and the snorkel and my flippers. Like, I did not fit in. (laughs) 
<laughs> do, do you think in some ways, you know, not having that, like, you know, going, being a movie star, 12 years old, that humbling upbringing helped gravitate so. you and grounded you in that world? Because I, I, I definitely think so. I mean, I, I'm not ashamed of having been like Gidget and where I still wear my one piece swimsuits. With my <laughs> but like, you know, it's just always who I've been and I've always been obsessed with horror. And again, that's sort of another thing that the fact fashion world and those other girls never really entirely understood. So I never had that sort of intimate bond with all the other people in the industry. I became better friends with, you know, the photographers and the makeup artists and the stylists behind the scenes where interesting in front of the camera. I knew those people. I worked with those people, but it's not anyone that I ever really hung out with. And, and, but obviously, you know, you were successful. So you had to have, when you yeah. were in front of the camera, have the confidence to pull it off. So you yes. were very good at what you did. Thank you. Yeah, there's sort of just something that happens when the camera turns on where it's like energy shift, go time, and yeah. you do it. Do you, did you find that performative in a way? I did, yes. You know, it's it's interesting because at least with my background in fashion, I, I learned that I, I loved dressing up. I loved the makeup. I loved all the effort and the energy that it took going into creating those characters. But when you're modeling, you only have a matter of moments to understand who you're supposed to be and bring the character to life in front of the lens for the photographer and do an instant transformation. So in a way, it helped me understand how to truly transform myself and to know my body and the movements and to create characters. That's so fascinating. And and I got to imagine on those shoots, a lot of the times it's more so what the director wants versus what you want for the character. Yeah. Wow. So what, while you were doing this, were you, you know, talking to mom about maybe doing acting classes or were you just, did you just 10 years went by so fast? 10 years went by so fast. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, wait a minute. Like I, I need to, I've spent so much time doing this and I loved it and I've lived a full life, but not where I thought I was going to be. So if I'm going to make a change, it's now or never. And can you remember the moment where that was and what, what well, caused it? I want to say it was like, it was right after Halloween, maybe 2009. Wow. Yeah. And it just, you know, I just remember being in the city and it was after fashion week and I'd done the shows and I just sort of had this epiphany after I came home after the show circuit where I was like, that was fun but I think I've done it now. Totally. There's so much more that I want to do and so much more that I want to be and accomplish and experience. So I just, yeah, packed up and left. And what was it that like interested you about LA just because you associated New York so much with modeling and growing up there, you needed to get away. Right. And so in Hollywood is, you know, where you go to make movies and be a star. Totally. (laughs) And, 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 and to be fair back then, that was like when it was still sort of binary, like film and TV were there theater was here and now it's kind of changed Mm -hmm. since then but when you got out there did did you know anyone um I knew maybe one person yeah I didn't really know that many people now (laughs) so 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 talk to me about assimilating because that's no easy you know thing to do to to quit a a career that you've had successful at roll the dice because I'd spent so much of my life traveling and on airplanes, I'd sort of become accustomed to being on my own and sort of navigating new cities and different places and making. Yeah. Amazing. So then you were able to kind of like, well, you know, for the actors listening, what, what were your steps to like integrate into a class or did you? Uh, I, I did some classes. I, but again, I'm, I'm shy and I'm very critical of myself. So the group classes were never my thing. 
I yeah. tried it and I, I couldn't do it. It just, it did not work for me because instead of focusing on the arts, it was more focusing on the judgment of everybody else. In the oh, I know how brutal those scene study classes, any performance whatsoever. So. so did you find a really good coach then? I did. Yes. And I've been working with him for pretty much forever. So everything that I've ever booked and have is because I've been working with him. Can you mention them or is that? Yeah, it's, um, his name's Gary Hudson. He's been Amazing. an actor forever. I mean, he was on Boondock Saints a million years ago. Like he's been in so many films, probably a, a close to a hundred productions he's been involved in. And wow. I met him through a mutual friend and it just sort of took off and he's been my coach ever since. And what, what do you, what do you think you guys found in each other that like that allowed that kineticism to continue and, and do it? Cause I have coaches as well. And it, it's right. it, it, when it works, it's like catching lightning in a bottle. It's yeah. just, it's amazing. And you're excited and they're excited. And yeah. it, it's such a beautiful relationship. You know, I think it's just because we have a very, similar energy and again we sort of have the same dry sense of humor and so when we're running scenes I'm I can do it when the cameras are rolling but when we have to rehearse a scene and you have to get emotional or you have to cry I'm I I don't I don't do that (laughs) and so he's very good at sort of pulling that out of me and getting me to that place and making me do it Amazing. So this is 2009. So this is like right before Netflix started doing content. So this was like primetime network television. When you started up and coming, were you doing mainly the co-star guest star circuit? Oh, gosh. When I started up and coming, I signed like, you know, someone decided to take a chance, this like tiny management company and they sent me out on a few things didn't didn't really work uh and i i did have an agent my mom my mom's agent signed me at that time awesome. so i remember they my first audition was uh, it was really great and really terrible at the same time yeah that's always how it goes <laughs> it, was, it was for i don't even know if that movie ever got made it was some like ultra low budget indie horror and i just remember it was like a 10 page audition and there was a page and a half or maybe like two pages of the FYI in the beginning. And so uh, biggest mistake, I didn't read the FYI. I looked at the breakdown, though. But <laughs> I just did not look at the FYI. So let me just start with that. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I assumed the breakdown had all the necessary information. Yeah. And that was my first mistake. <laughs> totally. So... I memorized all of these pages. I went into the audition kind of being like, okay, I killed it in the fashion world. I can do this. I know this character. <laughs> yeah. And I go in, I sit there. There's like five people in the room and I start doing the scene and I'm really in it and like feeling so good and so confident. And we make it to the end of the scene. And I'm like thinking to myself, yeah, nailed it. And everyone is dead silent. Like you could hear a pin drop and I'm like, Oh, do, do you have any notes? Like what? Uh, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'm sorry, I don't mean that. And um, everybody looks really awkward. And they're like, so, uh, you know, that was, um, that was really good. But, um, well, she's blind. <laughs> so, and I was like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Yeah, I learned a very valuable lesson on my first audition ever where you have to read and reread everything, especially the FYI material. It is there for a reason. And don't just trust the breakdown that gets sent to you. Trial by fire. It's the only way we live this life. I will never forget that one because it was, yeah, like I said, it was my first audition and it was a disaster, but it is really funny. And and once you got settled in LA and you had this amazing acting coach, was your mom supportive or was she, you know, having, you know, I'm sure she kn- knows how brutal this industry can be. Was she worried or was it a mix of both? Um, you know, she was definitely supportive. I think, you know, she always plays devil's advocate and was like, you know, it's a tough business. It's 99% rejection. So, you know, if you really want to do this, you need to work hard. You need to study, you need to practice and you need to really be prepared for, a lot of rejection. And she was like, you got really lucky in the fashion world, but lightning doesn't always strike twice. And it's really hard to make that transition. Cause at that time, I think really only Uma Thurman and Mila Jovovich had done the transition. It wasn't a common thing for and like Re- Rebecca yeah. Romaine, right? Like those were the right. only, yes. were, yeah. Yeah. Ones. yeah. And everybody else, people had tried it. Yeah, but, Tyra Banks did Coyote Ugly, and I, I don't right, think it worked. <laughs> right. And Guillaume Harlow was yeah. in and out, but they yeah. weren't. It, it, models really hadn't made the transition at that yeah. point. So yeah. I was sort of new and navigating this unknown territory. And and having, you know, obviously being very beautiful, I'm, I'm curious, you know, being in that world for so long, did you find yourself wanting to play against type, you know, because I imagine it could be very easy for you to go in for cheerleader or, you know, you know, the, the beautiful girl, like what, when you met with your manager and your agent, were you like, this is the material I'm interested in doing? Or at first was it just about getting work? I, I mean, everybody always wants to get work, obviously when you're starting out, but yeah, you know, I never really had that desire to be the pretty girl or, you know, the heroine or anybody like that. I, I think because I I just, I love characters. I love character actors. Even when I'm watching films, I'm drawn to those characters more so than like, you know, the leading lady or whoever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, it was always much more of, you know, finding those unique and interesting roles versus just trying to get anything and everything. So that's sort of how I managed to come together with the whole team that I have now who sort of, they understand me and my quirkiness and my obsession with horror and they appreciate that, which is nice. Can can you, can you expand on that? Like, where did that come from? I think I've always loved horror since I was a kid. I mean, I was obsessed with, you know, Bruce Campbell was a god to me when I was a kid. He was the F.L.P. y'all. And I loved all the Evil Deads and Army of Darkness. I loved horror movies, you know, The Exorcist, just literally everything. I was obsessed with it. So that was kind of the world I always wanted to be in. So you're living your dream right now by existing. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Because you've got you've gotten to work with the best, like Eli Roth, you know, like that's amazing. Yeah. That and and talk to me as you started to navigate that, because like only recently I feel like someone like Jason Blum has done the Mm -hmm. under, you know, million dollar things that really take off. It's kind of a relatively new phenomenon. Before that, it was more the franchise, like Halloween three, four, Scream Four, you know. What When you started, what were you going in for? Oh, gosh. I mean, when I first started, you know, I, I'm i trying to remember back then, like, 
I mean, I feel like there's just so many interesting things that I've gone out for. I, I auditioned for Eli Roth a few times um, before we worked on South of Hell together, but the projects never really worked out or I, you know, just with the other actors, nothing really fit and wasn't the right project. And then when South of Hell came along, that was just a blessing and really amazing and kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I got really lucky sort of finding these interesting and really grotesque character roles that I've gotten to play a lot where, you know, I have had to sort of go in and fight for those roles though. Cause when I show up, I, I look like me, which yeah. I guess is pretty or whatever, but you know, I love to paint the rot and nicotine onto my teeth or like, you know, grow out my underarms and do all sorts of disgusting stuff. Sure, you, you're a proper character actress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's great. I love that. I love the transformation. I love the process. I love becoming someone else who's so completely different from myself, where I really feel like I get to play and embrace those characters and those roles and have fun with it. Yeah. And so talk to me, what, as you started to get some of these early first credits, what, what was it like going from, you know, having to be in this still medium where it was just all physical to emotional conversational like was that a hard transition for you it wasn't it wasn't I think one of the best lessons I learned was from my friend Tara Subkoff because I did some short film projects with her in the beginning and she was an actress when she was much younger and then she gone on she went on to designing uh, the imitation of Christ fashion line and then doing some short films and then directing feature films as well so when I did the short films with her you know, one of the best things that she said to me was, you don't want to pose and you don't like forget about being pretty. Yeah. It's not about being pretty. Like real isn't pretty. So just be real. Forget about everything that you learned in fashion, which was like, where's the camera? It needs to see me. And I have to look a certain way. She's like, fuck that. Forget that. Yeah. Life isn't pretty. Just be real. Yeah. And for whatever reason, her just pulling me aside and saying that changed everything. It changed wow. my entire performance. It changed all of it. That's amazing. And as you started to get these roles, then what, what was interesting to you? Was it, was it filmmaker? Was it content? Was it scripts? Was it all the above? All of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the probably starts with the script. If it's a good script, you know, anything can come out of that. And then I always got fascinated with like, well, who wrote it? Who's involved with it? What's going on? And like, who's the special effects team? What do we get to do for this character? Like, I've yeah. really gotten to have some fun. <laughs> what were some of the, like, you know, in the, the mid-2000s, like we're talking post-2000, like films that you really saw that maybe you weren't a part of that you're like, that's what I want to do? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think the original Cabin Fever was... Yeah, it's so good. Everybody where... And, and, and Hostel so- 1. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All the, all, both Hostels, yes. Yeah, it changed my perception of what you could do with that medium. Yeah, or, or that, that sort of reinvented I- the horror genre and introduced the torture porn, as people call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, I, I guess that also reminds me of the Saw films. Right, You know, yeah. that first one was so good. Well, and yeah. everyone thinks that it's one of the greatest films ever made. But if you go back and rewatch it, there's you, you don't see anything. It's actually like sort of very Hitchcockian in the sense that it's all in your brain. 
it kind of reminds me of the same thing with the, the human centipede. Have you seen that uh, one? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's no, literally, it's all in your head. And that's like the. But it's the, awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so awful. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. It's in the middle or the end of that centipede train. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, definitely not middle or, yeah, or end. Yeah. But uh, that's so funny. So then as you started getting these credits, I imagine, you know, you, your team probably wanted you to do other things as well. Was that? Were, there was were definitely you yes. Well, thankfully, my manager. I've been with him probably since I did that short film with Charles Subkoff. They were friends wow. so since you know it's. I, I, we've been together now for probably ten years, and he thankfully has always understood and supported my vision and direction for loving the horror genre and wanting to do these projects. So when the first Cabin Fever came around and he sent me that audition, you know, we sort of fought for that role. And that was probably my first big film that I did. Yeah. And that's amazing. And then when you started getting these credits, do you feel like that thing we all search for in life of being fulfilled, this was it? Like you knew this was your calling? Yes. But then at the same time, when you know you're fulfilled, as soon as you do it, you're like, Okay, but now I'm ready for the next one. So yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> My <laughs> so favorite Denzel Washington quote. Where you're like, if I just get to do this project, I'll feel like I accomplished something and I'll feel like I can really call myself an actor. And I, yeah. I still feel like I find myself saying that where I'm like, no, 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 like, I feel like I'm really an actor if I've done this thing now. And it's like, yeah. well, no, but I just did what I said that before. And maybe, Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, someone like Eli and, and a lot of these filmmakers, you know, that kind of came up uh, out of the counterculture of these like film schools like NYU and things like that, were you kind of in the, you know, like I think in even in the mid 2000s, they still had some of those like rental places where you could go and you could meet yeah. these people. What was your network like and how were you finding like what visionary filmmakers you wanted to work with? Uh, you know, I think I just watched a lot of films. I watched everything and anything that came out and just kind of made lists and would call my manager or on the phone. I mean, I still do that where I'll call and be like, have you heard of this director? You know, they did this movie and I love it. Like, is there any way to set up a general just to talk to them? And if there's anything in the future, like yeah. I just want to pick their brain. Have you ever so thought about starting a company for... Um, that's that. That's sort of a whole other wheelhouse of focus and energy that I'm not sure that I. Yeah, it's a big one to do. <laughs> totally. And and when you get an audition that's not in that genre, are you open to doing it? Because I know you've done like Gossip Girl and you've done yeah. other things as you well. Know, like I am. I I do. It's not that I don't watch other projects. So, you know, I do love a good drama on occasion. I'm absolutely obsessed with Adam Sandler movies. Really? I am. Tell, yeah. tell, what, what about those? That's so interesting. I, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I, I love them. I think they're amazing. And I get so excited for anyone that comes out on Netflix now. And I just always, since I was a kid, it was really bizarre. It was always either horror or Adam Sandler. Did you ever audition for any of his films? I haven't, no. Oh, we, Hopefully, eventually, yes. I hope to maybe do that. That's sort of on my bucket list, but no, I haven't yet. We'll have to call Happy Madison right now. <laughs> I'm going to call narrative after this and tell him to put in a word. That's amazing, though. And so as you started to get all these credits, what made you decide to stay in L.A.? Because 
we spoke about earlier, <laughs> things like in Adla- like the Walking Dead in Atlanta mm-hmm. and other things started like New Mexico had projects. Like, did yeah. you love LA and living there? Yeah, it's just I've always it's nice. It's different. It sort of reminds me of Connecticut to a degree because there is so much nature here and it's easy to sort of escape and either go into the park or if you drive just an hour outside of the city, there's so much to see and experience. And I just yeah, I like it here. I do. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, when when you're developing these kind of in, intense and, you know, sometimes like really graphic characters you know, do you work from the outside in or the inside out? Like, how do you, how do you bring depth and, and, and nuance to something that is not of this world, so to speak? Right. You know, I, I'm one of those people where before I make it to set, I probably read the script at least a hundred times. And from that very first time reading, I'm highlighting and starting to take penciled notes in the margins of everything. And I just start creating. And then after I've sort of done my my initial first couple passes and notes, I then will actually do complete breakdown of the script and character with my acting coach. And we just sort of develop everything and work on it. And, you know, he sort of looks at my notes and we just have conversations and sort of determine where we're going and what direction with the character. And then I take that to the director. That's amazing. So I try, I, I, you know, for someone who hated school, I somehow chose the one career where I'm constantly studying. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And memorizing. (laughs) (laughs) It's ironic. That's so rad. (laughs) And and I'm curious, you know, because I know the fashion world kind of can never let go. Was, was that still at times, like, were there phone calls for you Uh that were jobs that were getting that you had to shoot down or... Like, did you put it just, you know, it's, it's interesting. I I definitely did have that moment, but it's also, it's one of those things where I, I loved fashion. It was a lot of fun, but I don't, I don't know if I was ever a fashion girl. I, you know, I, I always sort of understood reality to a degree and I'm not knocking the fashion world, but it's different in the sense where when a girl gets signed to an agency, the agency the kind of at least it did wanted to control them and it was like you work for them not the other way around even though they're taking yeah. percentage of whatever you do so I you know it was very exciting to me for this change where I got to collaborate with my agents I got to have conversations with them about the direction I wanted to go in the image that I wanted to portray and who I am genuinely as a human and who I want to be so For me, that excited me to finally be able to have a voice to project who I really am and do what I want to do, where in fashion, I I didn't have that. So almost in kind of counterintuitive way, being an actor allowed you to be yourself versus in being a model where you have to be this idea of a person. I know that makes total sense. That's amazing. And then I'm, I'm curious, as you know, we started to enter the content bubble that we live in now. And mm-hmm. we started seeing where I call it the middle, the middle budget American movie, you know, the 18, $20 million movies, they don't really get made anymore. It's like one of those Blumhouse films or Avengers 24. Yeah. Which um, is wild. yeah it, it, it's frustrating. You know what, what, as you had all these amazing, you know, horror credits and, and other credits, you know, in films like All at Once with Mark Webber and, and things like that, what made you decide tactically, you know, I know you did South of Hell with, with Eli Roth, mm-hmm. as 
you started to see all these other networks like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and I don't know, Facebook and Apple pop up. Like I feel like everything had even Snapchat streaming. Yeah. You know, I mean, sort of a streaming thing. Yeah. I'm I'm sure like Chevrolet is going to have content soon. You know, (laughs) I, I can't really keep up with all the content that exists, but you know, something that's, interesting where you know even even when I was a model when I started out my my face was there the images were there but the images spoke for themselves yeah I didn't do something where it was like oh well I did this Lydia Hurst did this project look at me look at me it was I sat back and I got to do a project and look at that image it speaks for itself it's a representation of the magazine of the brand, of everything else. My name was never actually attached to anything. So it's been interesting sort of breaking into the acting world where not that there's anything wrong with it, but I think a lot of people's objective is to be on the hit show, be an avenger and do that. And I've, I've sort of never approached anything because it was popular or cool. Like that is irrelevant. It doesn't really matter to me. And I've you know, I've never done something because I want to be famous or infamous or known. I want to do stuff because I want to work with rad fucking people and make a project and have a lot of fun. Do badass shit. Right. Yeah. How I've approached everything in life where it's like, cool. Yeah. People are doing that. I might be a fan of that show, but like, what about this thing that's happening over here? That's really maybe a little bit more obscure, but it's really cool. And I like the people involved and I know I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and now, you know, I see you have like 11 projects in development. Can you yes, talk? Hopefully they'll all happen, but I know COVID has kind of thrown a wrench in some of the works. So, so we can, uh, it's, it, we can cut it out if you can't talk about it, but you just mentioned before they are going to New Mexico. Can you talk yes. about that? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't want to like, you never know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I actually, I have two projects coming up back-to-back that I'm about to start filming, um, which is kind of going to be a big whirlwind. So one's in New Mexico and one's in LA. So at least, you know, despite COVID and everything happening, I do get to sort of end the year strong. Um, But yeah, so the one in New Mexico, I'm, it's sort of an ensemble cast. So I guess we're all sort of the leads in that one. And I'm also a producer on it. And it's going to be amazing. Thanks. It's going to be directed by Asher Levin. And uh, we have Malin Ackerman, Kara Hayward, and Abigail Breslin in the cast. Oh, I love Malin and Abigail. They're great. Yeah, I'm really excited. That's I've only amazing. met them over Zoom, but they're really nice. Yeah, yeah. I met I met Malin once, but she's so sweet. And that's going to be so fun. And, and is that, are you filming in Albuquerque? Yeah, the, well, I don't know yet, actually. We haven't left in the location. I know it's oh. either Albuquerque or Santa Fe, but I don't. I don't know which one yet. Maybe both. That's it. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, I, I think they're pretty close. I could be about wrong. An about hour. That. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And then what's the other project you have going on? Uh, the other project, I don't know how much I can say about that one yet. Oh. Actually, with the director who I worked with before, um, Daniel Ferens. We did The Haunting of Sharon Tate together. Yes. Um, and this story is about uh, Eileen Wernos. Wow. That's amazing. And, and I'm curious, you know, with with everything that's going on in the world right now, what's been keeping you inspired, you know, because it's cool that you're finally getting a chance to work, but you know, I'm, I'm an actor and like for all of us actors, we've not been able to do the thing we love for so long. Like what, what's kept you buoyed and and inspired during this time? 
Um, well, I did get a puppy. Um, oh, I what kind? Got him right before lockdown started. Actually, <laughs> um, he's an otter. That's, oh, I have a Shiba Inu. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he yeah, went from, yeah. in the duration of these few months we've been locked down. He went from twenty-two pounds to a hundred pounds, and he's still growing. So. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's like a Dalmatian. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's sort of like a big bear, actually. <laughs> So was that pretty much like your your entire COVID project was raising COVID, raising this puppy, and then you know Chris and I sort of we're you know we like being home, or we're very fortunate that we like each other's company, which is nice. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we cook dinner every night. We hang out with the dog. We sort of invest in the uplifting, where we you know we watch cheesy movies, or you know in our case we both love horror movies, so we're watching a lot of those, and yeah, just kind of raising the puppy. And and talk to me, you know, because like I, I see so many articles about the same thing in New York, like New York's done for forever. And then I've seen articles, you know, about L.A., about like how Joe Rogan and all these people are leaving. How right. do you feel about L.A. right now? You know, like, are you still I, happy there? I, I haven't left my house since March 10th. So, I mean, I'm very lucky that I have a nice home. I'm fortunate. Yeah. I love my home. I mean, eventually I would like to get out and see some friends at some point or have a barbecue. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. We haven't really discussed leaving LA. So I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know where we'd go. So you're not, you're not like unhappy there, I guess no. is what I meant by that. No. That's amazing. And I mean, hopefully we're not going to be affected by the fires or anything where we are. Yeah. Yeah. There have been a few that we've seen outside our window that are scary clothes, but oh, no. thankfully they've been put out really fast. I'm so glad to hear that. And I hope you're safe. Let me know if there's anything I, you know, I'll fly over there, <laughs> but uh, that's amazing. So then I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what, what advice would you have for, you know, maybe all those people that, you know, maybe it wasn't modeling, but they're, you know, went to law or were teachers and all right. of a sudden, you know, they decide to book that plane ticket to LA and, and do it. Yeah. What, what advice would you have for them? Oh gosh. I mean, I think it's always important to follow your dreams, no matter what they are, and to take a chance. Because if you never take that risk and take that chance, you might wind up always regretting it and missing out on some of life's most unexpected and incredible opportunities. If you yeah. want to be an actor, it is important to understand that my mom was right. It is about 99% rejection, especially yeah. when you're getting started. And you have to sort of be okay with that. And if and when you are rejected, you also have to remember it's not personal. Totally. And, you know, you just have to work hard and study and, and have fun. And and how has it been for your mom now, you know, being this amazing actress? Is she <laughs> is she loving it for you that you're, you're crushing it? Yeah, she's very excited. Yeah. Oh, you got to give her an extra role in this New Mexico project. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, final question, Lydia, you know, uh, talk to me, you know, with with all the crazy things going on in the world right now, you know, what, what do you think is going to be the future of, 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 of movies? You know, do you think we're going to live in this world where we see content at home and the landscape's going to change? Or do you think we'll get back to that communal experience? I think realistically and unfortunately, I think it might be a while before we're able to have that communal experience. But, you know, I have had a lot of friends go to the drive-in and they love it. So in a sense, it's kind of reverted back to how it was in the old Yeah, like 50s. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And a lot of fun. You know, I don't, again, I, I sort of like staying home. I do miss my friends, but I, I don't mind sitting in and curling up with my husband and my puppy and watching a movie on the TV. And I, I love movies. So for me, I get really excited whenever I get to see anything as soon as it comes out. But, you know, I don't know what the landscape is going to be. I do think there is going to be a shift, but that's not necessarily a bad thing where I think, yeah. you know, projects might have smaller budgets, but I think that will force people to get more creative. Totally. And- instead of CGI, they're going to have to get more practical, which I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like practical effects more. So of course, really exciting. And I think if anyone is willing and ready to face that challenge and get groups of people together who share the same passion and share the same vision and are really willing to work hard to create a piece of artistic magic, I I think it could be beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and final question for you, and I'd love to have you back when when these yeah. projects come out, and we'll do it again. And yes, I'm so excited; it's been too. so amazing talking to you. Thank you for coming on; it means no, I, so much to me. Time, so thank you. So I, I, you know, just for anyone who's maybe not an actor or an actress, you know, what just to you said, you know, staying with your husband, watching a movie at home, and like that—that's it for you. But what are some words of wisdom you would have for those people that are? you know, struggling to stay positive right now? Well, I think one thing that is important for everybody to remember is even though you might feel alone, you're not alone. We really are in this together. And even though you might be isolated or feel isolated and cut off from the world, anybody and everybody, especially loved ones, are just a phone call away. And if you need to reach out to someone, reach out to them. Don't let time pass by because you're afraid or you feel insecure or it's been too long since you've spoken to someone. Just pick up the phone, call them. It's worth it every time. And none of us are alone. Yeah. Yeah. And if you could go back in time and and give that young Lydia that just moved to LA a piece of advice, what what would you tell her? Ah. I don't know. Maybe I'd advise myself not to have dated some of the jerks I did. <laughs> I, I think we'd all do that same thing. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, I don't know because probably it made you who you are. Jerks, right. Well, because of all those jerks that sort of led me to meet my husband today and made me yeah. who I am. So I don't. I don't know what advice I'd give. I'd probably just say, "Keep going. You're doing I love it right." It. <laughs> keep going can can you it i don't know if it's okay can you name the project so people can keep a, a their eye out for them the ones that you're about to start um i'm soon going to be starting slayers and slayers. American American woman an american woman american boogie woman american boogie woman amazing <laughs> Lydia Hurst, you're so amazing and I had so much fun. I love your energy. Let's do this Thank again. Anytime, please. And and stay stay safe out there. You please too. watch out for those fires and I'm sending you so much love. Oh well thank you. Sending it right back. And thank you so right. much for having me and I hope to be able to do this again. Oh, we will for sure. So much cool. love, okay? All right, stay safe. Bye. Bye. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.